0: Hi and welcome everyone to the 125th episode of Serum Rocks. Today we have Jim Novak from Microsoft to talk about Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare. But um, first, Heidi isn't here. She couldn't make it, but hopefully she will be here on the next recording. But if you want to find her, she is at Serum Heidi and I am at Marcus Allenson. So send us a tweet. And we would love to hear um, feedback from you who are listening. So the intro for our guest then. So it's Jim Novak from Microsoft. He's a principal software engineer at Microsoft and a former Microsoft Business Applications MVP. And he works on the healthcare industries. So welcome. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today, Jim? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here to talk about
1: our stuff and uh, um, be part of your your uh, uh,
0: podcast. Yeah. So as a principal technical PM or principal software engineer, what is it that you do? Yeah, I actually
1: just shifted roles. Good question. So, And I, I must not have updated my profile. <laughs> so I actually started out with Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare as an engineer. So I worked on the software engineering side and the way we're organized we have our engineering team and we have a related design team that does user experience and you know helps us with putting together the right flow for the application screens not just the ux design but how you know the the overall experience and then we have the the product management uh just recently a few months ago made the move to the product management team um to help out kind of get a get ahead of the game whenever we're building our solutions so as a a tpm um, my, it's my responsibility to, to get ahead of, of our requirements and find out what are our customers looking for. Um, healthcare industry is huge, right? And you know, our solution is, is not meant to be a medical device by a long shot. We're trying to give them a platform to build on, but we want to give you, our customers, something that's that's useful. Make sure that we're not building it with the hopes they like it, and make sure that it's something they're they're in need of. So that's kind of what I'm what I'm working on. The group that I work with, the specific part of the solution I work with, is deals with interop and integration. And what that means is whenever we have to interface with another system, let's say an electronic health record, we want to get patient data from this system. How do we do that? And we've built some tooling to allow us to to integrate with these other solutions. We've also got some solutions that revolve around virtual tables, but ultimately it just allows us to connect and build solutions, not just on Dataverse, but connecting to these other external systems that healthcare uh, um, customers already have in place. A lot of times we'll go into a customer and they've had a EHR that's been in place for 20 or 30 years. Um, (laughs) Not uncommon at all. So we're not going to come in and immediately replace it. We want to let you work with it. So that's what our team is responsible for so what i do is i go out and i talk to our customers um and i find out you know what's their usage pattern of our system what kind of things do where do they have gaps in their solutions and how can we help them build around around our
0: solution so those old systems in like 20 or 30 years are there either battleship gray wind forms or are they even older like green on on black yes (laughs) <laughs> it depends. Um, just right. converse
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a great question. You know, just actually asked a similar question today. We were talking to another another group and uh, about a potential customer, and they're doing some work, and they have their own electronic health record, an EHR system. They was they built it themselves, and I asked that question. I'm like, well, is it is it really really old technology, or is it you know up to speed on, let's say .net you know manage solutions or manage code or whatever. So, yeah, we have to ask that question with all of our customers. And some of them can be cloud-based and very cutting edge. Hmm. Some of them can be very, very old.
0: Yeah. All right. Nice. So how did you get started with Dynamics?
1: Oh, Dynamics, I started in 2009. Um, I worked with a company called Ascenium. And at the time, it was I was getting into consulting, moving away from the product world. And at the time, they were a partner doing a lot of uh, XRM-style work before... It was really a, a phrase that was coined in the industry. So I was very fortunate to get in with a team because the group that I worked with, one of my old bosses, actually was one of the original engineers on. I believe it was called I Communicate. I get it mixed up. It was I or I Connect that Microsoft bought and turned into Dynamics. And my one of my bosses at the time was the lead engineer on that. So I had, and it was CRM 4 at the time. So I started on CRM 4. <laughs> Just missed CRM three, started in CRM four. So I had all this insider knowledge from the team that I worked with. So it was I was incredibly lucky to walk into that 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 company and um, learn from from a lot of really experience. So from there we did um, I worked on not very many just CRM implementations. You know, at the time CRM was literally CRM it wasn't power yeah. platform it wasn't dataverse it was what was you know eventually came power platform and we did again we built a lot of line of business solutions around the platform so it was a really good entry into the into the 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 industry and not just how to deploy what's already there, but how to leverage the platform and build on top of it. So it's been since 2009 now that I, it's a long time now that I say it out loud, but uh, I was very, very lucky to work with a group that I worked with and and able to, to get in and have a lot of insider knowledge on how.
0: Yeah. So this healthcare application, it started as a healthcare accelerator, I think Mm -hmm. now it's an industry solution. So what's the difference and what's happened history wise here.
1: Yeah, so I think it's just over two years as of October that it went live as the first cloud industry solution deployment. Prior to that, it was an accelerator, like you said. And what they wanted to do, the idea behind it was with, you asked about CRM and Power Platform, we've got all these tools. And what Microsoft did for a long time is they said, here, here's a platform, go forth and build, right? Partners, go build whatever you want to build. And what Microsoft realized, and this is right before I started, probably six, eight months before I started, um, they had had these accelerators out there. At the time, it was education. They had one for non-for-profit. Healthcare was one of the first that they started. And, of course, that was in the, you know, the early days of COVID. So it was very relevant to the industry at the time, um, automotive, and several others. And what they decided was, let's build some, some starter solutions that give you a good foundation for um, how to walk into an industry and, and give you a, a, a level up, right? And with the healthcare industry, there's a lot of standards. And literally quoting my my manager yeah. who said, healthcare has a lot of standards and it's a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. So we were able to start out very, very quickly with a data model based on what's called the FHIR standard, F-H-I-R. I think it's Fast Health Interchange resources or interchangeable resources, something like that. I should know that off the top of my head, but I always have to look it up. So it's a standard for data exchange, but we used it to build a data model. And that was our starting point. Like here, you can use Dataverse to build out a data model and very quickly build solutions on top of it. They made the shift to the cloud because what was happening was, um, and again, this is just the way way I view it is they had fragmentation. You had customers that would take a solution accelerator because that's been done for a long time. They used to have it with CRM four days, they'd have accelerators, but immediately became fragmented because you would take a solution and you'd build off of it and change it. I would do the same, and upkeep was really really hard, so we'd have to drop these solutions out there you'd have to pick it up, make sure the merge worked standard stuff with with dataverse solutions so we decided to move it to the cloud and effectively it became a first party solution, honestly, just like CRM you know customer mm-hmm. engagement or marketing it's a first party solution built on top of dataverse, and we manage mm-hmm. deployment of it um, you know, we, we manage how you access it we manage updates, and we push out our our um, by yearly you know every every 6 months we roll out updates to our solutions so it gave us more control over it gave us a little bit more management over how you get the updates how we can make sure that clashes don't happen and you know really own the system and keep everybody up to speed and on the same page as you move forward with your solutions so
0: if we roll back a little bit and start with industry solutions mm-hmm. as a concept then why did has has microsoft made any of these um,
1: it's the same principle. It's it's a matter of you have an industry, let's say you're in, in um, healthcare or sustainability is another one that's gaining a lot of traction. Um, if everybody just takes the platform, let's say Power Platform, Dataverse, or you're going to build solutions on Flow, Power Automate, all that stuff, then you have to start from scratch. Why not come out with something that's a, a following industry standards as best you can and give you a starting point so that everybody comes in on a common common way of doing business and then you build only what you need. So we we work with our partners to a great degree with not just healthcare but with other industry clouds as well. It gives you in the industry a standard way of starting and gives you a leg up, you know, if it's even if it's only 50% of what you need, let's say it's a data model or some best practices around processes. It just gives you a start as opposed to starting from scratch every time so it yeah. allows us to to go into the industry gain some some industry knowledge and expertise and start building solutions that our partners can roll out and, and have a common foundation for doing your work.
0: Yeah. So it's not labeled Dynamics like the sales customer service, and it's not labeled Power, <laughs> like yep. the Power Platform, Power BI, and any of these. So it's labeled, labeled Cloud for, an, I think it's Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare. So does this mean that it's probably broader than Dynamics, or how is how is that thinking? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So the group that
1: I work with, just because of my background, is focused on the Power Platform side of things, but you're absolutely right. Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare um, goes beyond Dataverse Power Platform into the Azure world. For example, there's a Health and Life Sciences group that has, um, uh, it's evolved a little bit, and I want to make sure I get the name right. It's um, Azure Healthcare Data Services, AHDS. Mm -hmm. And what one example of what they offer is services to deal with DICOM data, just as an example. And DICOM data is dealing with large images, x rays or MRIs, and how to annotate them and share the data around it between clinicians who might be able to evaluate it and the results. So that's one service they offer. Another is they just called MedTech Services, which allows you to communicate with medical devices um, and handle the, the the data interchange between the devices in your solution. As an example, I think the one example I heard was uh, take data from your Fitbit device and bring it into a solution, and it uses this Fire specification to do that. And then they have another solution that we work with pretty pretty often um, under HDS, and it's a Fire server. It's a repository. That allows you to persist data in a FHIR format, and it's back to that FHIR standard. So they have an entire service that that's just big, a big repository that's kind can be used as your central point of entry for multiple different solutions. So, and that's all in the Azure. Cloud and it's it's a, a cloud services option, and we work very closely with that. So, when we say cloud for healthcare, you're absolutely right. It's beyond the Dataverse world, it's beyond Power Platform. Now, we're part of the larger Azure infrastructure. We're doing some yeah. work right now also with expanding how we manage data on some of the, you know, to enable analytics. And that's another th- a work in progress, which can't talk a lot about, but um, it's actually not. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. It's pretty large, a large project, but it's going to be really good for doing analytics, doing a lot of predictive type work and outreach to different customers.
0: Okay, so the name cloud for something, it doesn't mean it's a brand new cloud. It's still Azure, it's still Microsoft. So it's still it. hosted in the same um, cloud that everything else. And it same has the Azure AD back. So we log in the same way. It's secured at, mm-hmm exactly the same thing as everything else, right? Yep.
1: And one yeah. of the things we're trying to do, too, is uh, um, and this is something we're trying to do a better job with our customers, just educating them on is we're also not trying to build a, a be all end all solution. We're trying to give you, again, back to the platform. We want to give you some reusable pieces to build your own solution around this plan. So it's it's even beyond a starting solution. It's a starting set of tools is the way we're really thinking. We've got some reusable components, whether it's a PCF control or we've got some components for doing interop and integration with fire. For example, we have a solution that allows you to do virtual tables and point to a fire remote fire endpoint. And honestly that even goes beyond our Azure health data services. That's obviously where we work better together, right? You know, Microsoft and Azure. But we're we're looking to expand past just the Azure. If you implement a Fire server, we're testing on connecting to these external services, let's say Google or or Epic is another one that opens up fire APIs that we so They've already got these systems in place. We want to be able to talk to them through this industry standard method of through So you're absolutely right. You, you you nailed it. It's it's the cloud. It's bringing all our solution offering together and help you start up, you know, get a starting uh, a head start on building a healthcare solution, a, a lot of our cloud off
0: uh, tools. Man. So it sounds like it's a lot of integrations, both to different medical devices and different systems.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's a um, the the I'm trying to remember. There was a phrase I heard on a call earlier that explained it really well. It's the full life cycle of the data, right? Mm. You may have again. You may walk into we have to, we do have customers that just say, you know what? I want the data versus data model, and I'm good to go. I'm happy, right? And they deploy All our right. solution, and they've got a care management solution. They've got a data model built around Fire. That might be great for for a smaller healthcare system, but the enterprise solutions like we talked about earlier typically already I already have this in place and it's it's working well it's a major effort like like any other enterprise solution it's hard to to just make a shift to something new so we want to be able to work with what they already have and again fortunately we have these standards to follow um and that can be a challenge in itself cuz standards are often seen as kind of a suggestion as opposed to a specification that's always the joke you hear from integrators yeah. so we we have a good starting point but we want to work with the, what the customer's already have and 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 it, we, again just having some conversations about this today we're we're trying to solve some problems as opposed to just put new technology out we want to help you solve the problem in hand with the technology you have Maybe we'll build something new. Maybe we'll just help you integrate with something that's already. All
0: right. So, and it seems like with all this integration and all of these things happen, there's a lot of data going through this mm-hmm. cloud for healthcare. So you talked about images before, like x-rays and MR scans. Mm-hmm. Yep. It could be, be, be huge big volumes of data, right? <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Um, and it, and it depends on the customer, right? It depends on how long they want to um, persist their data. There's, there's HIPAA rules around all that. Yeah. And it also depends on what they want to do with their system. We have customers that are, um, you'll hear about like payer and provider. Um, payer typically deals with, the healthcare insurance industries and and filing claims and responding to claims. But then we also have the more clinical focus, which is the provider. I'm caring for a patient. I'm delivering a care plan. I'm working with their care team, that kind of work. Or I'm doing outreach and I'm doing virtual visits, that kind of stuff. And you depends on what the customer wants to do. Some customers, we had one that, that wanted to bring over 40 million records, 40 million patient records. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah into their system to start with, right? Because they've got this this and I forget how many years that represented. Um other customers may only have a smaller number of say a million, which is still a large, because that's just the number of patients they may bring in. Imagine all the data that goes along with it. So we actually we have some solutions to allow you to to keep your data in your in your existing system. And that's something we're investing a lot of work and time into to leverage in Dataverse, for example. Because that's where, that's where my focus is, and I'm being selfish. Of yeah. course, we have virtual tables, right? And we have some solutions to allow you to connect these other systems. And if you're familiar with virtual tables, or if you're not familiar with virtual tables, it's effectively a proxy onto data that sits in another service, that it looks like it's in Dataverse from the customer's perspective. So we've built some providers around that that allow you to connect, again, back to FHIR. Right? FHIR is the, the center of a lot of our interchange, because it's, there's some mandates that systems should be using fire but we'd like to say you know you're you nailed it we've got all this data why do i have to copy it everywhere so we tr- we try to make it so that they don't have to worry about um, moving data from one place to the other because that's that's a job in itself we want them to focus on using the data not worrying about where it's so we have some solutions we're working on right now to help ease that that um that pain, make it easier to, to build your solutions without having to worry about it being in five or six different places um, to just make it so that they can focus on the solution at hand as opposed to the plumbing. So we got some investments coming there and we've built a few things so far that are working pretty cool. Um, we have a virtual health data table solution that is a flexible version of a, a data provider that allows you to persist it in more than one place. Um, we've got these other investments in in using some other Azure services to persist data. But that's absolutely a, one of the first things we talk about with our customers is, where's the data? Where does it live? And what do you want to do?
0: Yeah, because Dataverse is not really good with handling files. So that's a good thing that we sort Okay, you keep that over there. All that, I think it's called Emmer, where you have like this really detailed scan of a body. And it yep. can be a huge amount of oh, images. Yeah each and every scan like a couple of millimeters between them that gets to be a lot of data that you really don't really don't really want to like just yeah well we move it over here for fun absolutely yeah. that's
1: i mean how long have we integrated with sharepoint right yeah because we don't want to deal with files yeah. and you know DataVerse versus is, is trying to serve up some solutions for that um Man, it's hard to keep up with all the changes they're making, but it sounds really good, but still the same issue. You're absolutely right. If I've already got the data over there, just let me use it from there as opposed to copy it over here so I can use it. The other thing that Dataverse isn't great at is analytics, right? So you know, I want to do, I've got all these patients and they're, they're now discharged and I want to look at them and, and do some follow-up. I want to, you know, look at their their history and I want to tell me which patients need to be followed up on in three months versus six months, right? I want to avoid readmissions. So I want to have outreach to just communicate, are you taking your medications, that kind of stuff. And running those analytics just if if you've ever run a report in dataverse it's just not right and that's just a simple report let alone the complex you know uh, analytics you might want to run on it for something like that. so that's the other investments we're we'll making into some other um data plumbing I'll just call it that it's yeah. it's something where we're 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 investing in right now and it's it's it's, I'm part of the team, but not a lot we can talk about right now, but it's for those exact reasons. We want to make sure you have the right tools for, for the problem at hand instead of, you know, what, you have a hammer, everything is a nail kind of kind of mentality.
0: Yeah. And reports are not really analytics. They're more like, here's what we got. Absolutely. Here's, you can't really do much with them from a data boy's point of view. So it's great that analytic is turning in there and I'm assuming it's Power BI, right? Um, they're, they're using, all right. Power BI is part of it. It depends
1: on what you want to do with it. Because Power BI, you can still say, well, it's kind of point in time, right? Tell me where, where they give me a quarterly report on something. If it's running some analytics and doing some complex, like number crunching, you know, that, because it's a, that's a whole different, um, Mindset on how to deal with data, which is not my purview, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they have we have some tools with what Synapse, for example, is a way yeah. of persisting data in the lake that you know gives you much more much more flexible tools for that kind of stuff. And what is a customer insights, for example, is another tool that isn't necessarily built on the DataVerse back end. I th- I think it uses the data lake, right? It uses Synapse. Um yes. or some so of it does. So it's using
0: the data lake uh, in the in in the back end, yes.
1: Yeah, so we want to do we want to leverage that kind of capability. So um and and again, it's customer insights. I always thought for a long time it was just part of the dynamic suite of tools, but it's very different. And I've only scratched the surface personally, so you probably know more about it than I do. But that's absolutely the kind of of um And again, analytics is a is a very generic term, but like, you know, assessing the data, doing some predictions, or you know, looking at patterns of 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 um you know how patients handle their medications, as an example, or one of the things they were doing was, um, I think this went out a release or two ago, was they wanted to predict whether a patient was going to miss a visit, right? And it could be that they lived in a certain area, they lived you know um, outside of a you know a certain range from the hospital, and that way you can do proactive outreach to them and make sure that they have a ride to their doctor and it's it sounds like a really simple one but if you work in a remote area it could be super important to help you yeah. avoid those missed appointments and it's there's the bottom line of course with save money but more importantly the patient gets yeah
0: so and perhaps yeah. i mean if they live by themselves we know that and then it's much easier for them to forget right so yeah. you got it
1: Absolutely, and those are there's some there's some industry standards around that. Like I think it's Mm -hmm. social determinants of health. If you if you look that up, it talks a little bit about that. So you need a little bit more powerful analytics engine to deal with those kind of things. You're right on. A Power BI report doesn't help you very much. It'll tell you what's going on at the moment in time. Not that I'm a Power BI guru by a long shot. There either, right? That's a whole other whole other uh, uh, way of thinking. But we have all this data. There's a lot we can do with it. You're right on. They could have. Terabytes of data that we can go and look at and, and do a lot of preventative medicine is the way I look. Um, and but more importantly, we want to allow the customers to do that with the platform. So we're we're not necessarily building real IP around that, right? Again, because it's if you build medical devices, as an example, you have to go through a lot of different HIPAA certification, which is a very long and, and um, costly process. What we want to do is, hey, we've got these really cool tools. Let's help you connect and build the build the solution you want and then and then help our customers build on top. So that's kind of the intent. And then this is this is honestly this is across the industry as well. A lot of our industry cloud solutions are doing the same thing. We're trying to give them building blocks for building their own solutions and customizing things.
0: Yeah, so it sounds a lot like it's it's being very data driven, right? Mm-hmm. So we we have a bunch of systems that were All isolated. And now we're trying to give you that in one place so you can look at one patient and don't really have to go to like 10 or 15 places to get like images over there. You had a visit over there. Let's stitch all that together to get a better view of this one patient, how he or she is doing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you nailed it. That's exactly the thing, the challenge we have in the healthcare world is we get back to decades old system that they spent a lot of money on and it works fine, but it's a silo, right? Not, not uncommon for a lot of different industries, but healthcare, it's definitely, it can, it can really, ultimately the patients will suffer, right? Because they're not getting the care they need. So you're absolutely right. We're trying to give you the ability to stitch together these different views of a patient. And it depends on what you want to do with it. It could be that you want to make sure that the claim is adjudicated as opposed to, um, Uh, Caring for the patient directly. And Mm -hmm. even for direct care for a patient, you know, one hospital system might take our tools and build a real time care for an ICU versus the emergency room versus longer term care, you know, so it really depends lots of different perspectives on it. But you're right on if you can bring that bring that data to the forefront, then you then you just take what you need out of it. And you just kind of break down those barriers.
0: Have you had easier or sort of lighter implementation where it's like a corporation? Okay, we want to make sure our employees stay healthy so they we have less sick days and things like that or it's more for well it's for the professionals who only do work with healthcare. No that's a
1: great question. I I don't know off the top of my head um of any that that are doing like the, the wellness checks, right? Yeah. But we did actually so um a few weeks ago um we were at the HIMSS conference which was held in Chicago and Um, there was a, and I'm trying to remember who it was. They actually brought up exactly that scenario. So it'd be interesting Mm -hmm. if, if they can say that, if we could give them a platform for putting all that together, because if we allow them to work with patients and, and, and in this case, it'd be your employees, your wellness check would be preventative care, right? Effectively, that's what it would be. And honestly, it was, and, and I'm, like I said, I wish I could remember, I'm drawing a blank on it now, but they, they would give you, um, Uh, incentives for staying healthy, right? You see it a lot in the corporate world as part of your benefits package. You know, they they send out a scale or they send out a a, go do this exercise and put on your Fitbit and and they give you discounts and whatnot. That'd be a really good use case. Um, I don't know if we have any customers like that right now. Most of the customers i've seen that we work with are mostly you know medical systems yeah. that are doing more clinical focused um, but we're we're expanding our solution to focus more on the the payer model because we have again we have a lot of a lot of hospital systems that need to do that because it's the financial component of caring for patients and we want to help them make that easier so they can save money and make sure that the claims are adjudicated and that would definitely be a part of it because once you 've got those claims out there and the patient is discharged let's make sure you're sure you don't come back right you yeah. know it's a you're you're a successful hospital if your patients never come back is the way i look at it right but that's yeah. a that's a great use case for it
0: yeah yeah and um, so so that could be like for the hr components that are built mm-hmm. into dynamics as well i'm i'm just spinning off the the, the discussion you had here no absolutely absolutely um, but do you have uh, customers internationally, or it's mostly U.S.-based customers?
1: From what I've seen, I think it's mostly U.S.-based, but we do have some international customers. Um, not long ago, we had a Bethesda Health, I think that is in Australia, went live. That- um, I know we've got some some activity in the UK. Um, I think we've we've got some work to do to make sure that we're we're um, going to be Suitable for for the international audience. Um, a lot of the work we've done again is platform based, so we're not um, trying to put a solution out there. But even our components, we need to make sure that we're speaking international standards as opposed to, you know, a, a, say the UK because they have nationalized healthcare, they may not really care much about the payer modules that we might build, for example, just no interest in it because you know it's not really a part of their their work. But our clinical stuff let's make sure we speak the right language in terms of how we represent medications and, and orders. And we, when we, um, you know, if we bring in, I mentioned the fire specification, they've got their own um, international versions of it. So we get a little yeah. bit of work to do there, but we have deployed a few, a few customers overseas.
0: Yeah. I, I just know that some of the countries here in the EU where I live, they have like, okay, since it's sensitive data, it has to be stored within the, Boundary geographically boundaries of the country, yep. so that yep. can be an obstacle for like, well, well, we don't have a data center where you are, so yeah. right, right. Well, the nice thing about our solution is it's all based on you buy it,
1: you download it, you deploy it into your same tenant. So it follows the same model as customer engagement, for example. So you would get it deployed to your region and yeah. we've trained, I forget how many translations we have, a pretty <laughs> high number at this point. So that's the benefit we have. And we did it for exactly that reason because not just not just the, is it what GDPR, is that the, that's the spec that typically requires that kind of stuff. But HIPAA yeah. as well, if we persist any data in our managed solutions in our managed cloud, then we own it and we're responsible for it and we're just not ready to take that on quite yet no i get so but yeah so that is the benefit of the way we've modeled our solution is um, we we do follow whatever we have for the, for the power platform in azure at least because i know that you know you know it's on their mind for for customer engagement and marketing and all that same exact idea so we're fortunate they're able to follow that model
0: all right so does this industry solutions follow the release waves nowadays. So the, the information of what's new comes with the release notes, right? For mm-hmm. the release waves. We have our own separate
1: um, release waves. We don't get packaged into the Power Platform. Um, we actually used to be part of um, the, the Power Platform organization but we've since split off into our own org within Microsoft. Because we have a lot of overlap with Azure, um, but we do very similar release notes. We follow the the release cadence of of spring and fall, um, so closely tied to the Power Platform release notes. But I don't think you'll find us in the 500 pages of Power Platform release notes. We do our own. Uh, in fact, we're doing an airlift next week um, that's going to be kind of neat, focused on our partners and customers that 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 are that are interested in it. So we do we follow a very similar model um we're getting better at it it's it's uh you know coming out as um we're still what two and a half three years out so we're still we're still figuring that part out as being part of a cloud cloud rollout but i think we've got a lot of a lot of good processes in place for making sure that's a, a clear clear release and we we do our six month cadence, we start doing our planning early on and, you know, getting our customer feedback a lot like the platform does. Um, so yeah. it's, it's, it keeps us rolling for sure. It keeps us busy for sure. But yeah, I think we do, we pretty much do our own release cadence, but very much follow the same model.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think I was considering the release cadence. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like two times a year and then that's okay. Here's what's coming in the upcoming six month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, so it's just what...
1: it's we're not we're just not rolled into that larger uh picture. Um and again, mainly it's just because we're we're getting away from just being power platform. We're now, you know, doing a lot of work. We're, you know, better together as we always joke around, better together yeah. with all the Azure services and a lot more dependencies over there. So we kinda we want to follow the same cadence because a lot of our customers are, you know, working on the power platform, so they're very familiar. And we deploy our solutions the same way, right? We roll them out using Solution Deployer. Um, we do have our own deployment mechanism called Solution Center. So that's kind of cool, actually, that allows our customers to come in. It's it's kind of like our own, um, what was it source, I think is what it was called? Yeah. So it's our own version of App Source where we can control what they get and we break apart our modules. So we have a little bit of control over that.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I was considering it's like, a little bit like the first party apps. Well, they're mm-hmm. relying on the power platform things, but they are separate teams. They build them like we build things on the power platform, the consultants. So they have to rely on the yeah, power platform team to roll their things out and then they can build it using those kind of tools. So that's yep, neat. Absolutely
1: and- right. Yeah. Well, and that's actually been a really, so I started just coming up on two years in July. And that was actually the same. I was in the partner world for a long time, and jumping over here, you know working on the engineering team it's it's fairly close knit it's really neat to see the process, and they're very responsive the platform team and we've actually helped drive a few things too. I mentioned the virtual table solution we have yeah. it was really interesting getting to work with that team they're They're really good, very responsive incredibly knowledgeable. So it's been really good learning experience when I was on the engineering side and building the stuff. But you're absolutely right. We have to work with what they're going to roll out. We get a little bit of a preview. We get to work and, and we've actually get to contribute a little bit. Yeah. Some people on our team have um, been able to contribute directly to the to the platform. So we're, we're we try to be a good customer to them as well. So yeah. it works out really well because if we have, you know, some some things we have challenges with, we can just reach out directly, but we also hopefully help them head things off soon too. So it's been a really neat, really neat ch- time to work and, and, you know, learn about their processes because they've been around for 10, 15, well, man, 20 years, I guess here yeah, I'm just had a 20 year anniversary last yeah. this couple of months ago. So they've obviously got a really good process down. So it's been really good to work with those teams and they've been really supportive of what we're doing because we're a customer as well. And, you know, we yeah, want yeah. our stuff to work well and we want to give them feedback like, hey, if you could do this, it'd be great. Um, you know, and it's it's been it's been a really good experience, really good. Uh, and selfishly speaking, too, <laughs> a really good chance to learn a lot of stuff, but it's oh. been good to work with them
0: and i'm really grateful because virtual tables has improved a lot lately yes the first kind of releases were like well if you don't use it exactly like this you have to build it from scratch yourself and that was like well thanks but no thank you (laughs) exactly nowadays it's a lot easier so perhaps it's thanks to you then so yeah thank you well
1: you know, yeah. it's funny. I think a lot of that. And this is just my my opinion on it. I think the what was the virtual table provider for financial operations? Right, that was a couple of years ago, and yeah. I think that really pushed the team to to look because the FinOps is a really complex data model. I've only scratched the surface on it and made my head spin. Um, I have no financial background, <laughs> so I don't even know what i know what to ask. But I think that actually really pushed them to think about it because then it was, um, you know, they the the internal team is again a customer of the platform team so that really pushed them a good bit too but they've been really good about asking for feedback and it's it's really nice because they've got their own schedule right they've got a lot on their backlog and i think you're right on um, that they've listened and it's really cool to see that now it's much more useful i just saw the new designer for putting a table together and what is it the sql provider Like I I really wanted to try that, haven't had a chance yet. And they're doing a really good job of educating people on it too. They're putting on some really good content in terms of learn and and some of the videos and demos they're doing too. And I think I think that that gives it a lot of credibility. But I think they're the fact that they've listened to the team. And in fact, my old um, manager on the engineering side came from the virtual table team, and he talked about their process. And it's really interesting to see how they decide what to do because that one is like building a Power platform and Dataverse is complex enough. Now you have to say Let, let's make sure we can capture any data source that you can think of and <laughs> and make sure that yeah. it performs and you still get the telemetry and all that fun stuff. It's it's really interesting to see. But I yeah. I think a lot of the internal drive from other customers has really really helped them, you know, put a lot of a lot of uh uh fine tuned polish on on the product.
0: Yeah and not just have it read only, but actually, yeah, well, now you can update, insert and yeah, edit it. So that that's, yeah, it's getting better by the release wave. So yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Check out the eventing too, uh-huh. right?
1: They just added eventing to it as well. It's mm. up to you as a provider to support it. And we're rolling this out in a, in a follow-up release. So if I've got a, what we have is we built our own custom provider and we've got this data that sits on this fire server, for example, and we've got an existing integration. How do I let my customer know that, let's say, one thing we're focusing on is called an encounter, right? Yeah. A patient encounter. How do I know that a patient encounter was, was put into the system if you don't have standard you know, events like with plugins on native tables? Well, now they yeah. added that capability and it's really cool and it's really easy to set up. It's yeah. like configure one new, it's what virtual table metadata record. And yep, you got your events. Now you just have to invoke them. So it's really neat. They made it very flexible. And we're, again, we're implementing it as part of our solution. Now we have some custom work to do, but that's a really neat feature that I think was rolled out in October of last year. And it's it's it was really easy to roll out. So it's uh, um, pretty neat stuff that they're doing too. They're trying to make it operate a lot like your, uh, we call them native tables, your standard database yeah. tables.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's really good. So you touched on the next question a bit. How do I get it? So I don't get it from AppSource then. It was Solution Center, right? Um, it's a, it's actually, it's you mentioned it being a first-party
1: solution. You, you buy a SKU for it, buy a license for it, and the way you deploy it is through Solution Center. So, a standard license like you would buy customer engagement you 'll see it in m three sixty five is a license available, so that 's how you you buy it right that 's where you give us a credit card yeah. but deploying it we 've got um, solution center and for all of our industry industry cloud solutions it 's a deployment mechanism, and what it allows us to do um, and that's that group works with with a healthcare cloud. We work closely together, um, just the way the organization worked out and it 's been really neat to see how it works. You just go to a, you know, log in with your, your Microsoft account and you can see all the available industry, industry cloud solutions. It does a license check standard stuff. Do you have the appropriate license in place? And then you pick modules and each module has a tile and you can say, I want customer engagement or the stuff that I work on. I want what's called data integration toolkit. So you get to pick and choose and, and it'll deploy using standard solutions and some other stuff behind the scenes with the solution center, but it manages the deployment um, you can see the employee, the deployment status does dependency check if you've got a first party dependency like, say, marketing or portals, right, is another thing we we integrate with. Um, so the solution centers is basically a, uh, you can break it down by category and all of our components have their own tile. And there's even some we can even deploy some some Azure resources as well. For example, with our integration, we have um, associated logic app and if you Mm -hmm. want to use it you just come to the tile and it rolls out an arm template you'll see the arm template dialogue effectively is what you'll see (laughs) and it allows us to deploy things to your environment right from solution center too so as long as you have the appropriate permissions it kind of gives you a one-stop shop for deploying all the components required because when you start getting in integrations um it gets it can get really complex very quickly. Like you talked about, you yeah. have all these different solutions coming together, even within Azure, right? We've made it so that you don't even have to go into Azure to deploy some of this stuff and it's really cool stuff. Um, and that's, that's they're working on that every day as well. It's beginning, getting more and more powerful with with some of the capabilities. So it's a really neat way of rolling things out and, and you can browse around and see all the different industry solutions. We, we have the ability to put out a tile for preview um, and then it's on our team to decide how to package it and out. So it's kind of a cool mechanism um, That that we have control over and, and, uh, you know, gives you the ability to do updates and turn on, you know, just ties to your environment that you have available. So it's pretty cool stuff.
0: Yeah. So is it like other environments where you have sandbox for dev and test and then you have a production where you actually do the work or is it Mm -hmm. more just one environment? No, it's it's
1: standard stuff. You set up your environments and solution center whenever you want to deploy, you pick the environment that you want to target. So you're it's right on. It's just, it's it's aware enough of the environments as part of your subscription to allow you to choose where you're going to deploy. So you'll set it up standard way. You'd have your dev test, staged, production and then whenever you roll things out like oh i'm going to try the preview on my dev you know and you roll it out through solution center and again ultimately the most of the work we have and the the stuff that we have um you know not the hls team but but our our power platform focused it ultimately just becomes solutions you know and then you go right into your environment it's just the deployment mechanism gives us a little more control over over how we roll things out with data as well as our solutions and um and how we how we do our dependencies and all that fun stuff. Yeah, standard standard stuff. <laughs> all that yeah. fun stuff, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have a the team that I work with that manages that does an amazing job. I I've I've learned a lot about it. I've learned a lot about solution layering and we have an amazing ALM process. The team that works on that just I'm not just trying to be nice if they hear this, but yeah. I'm being very, very honest. It's it's an amazing amount of work that they do to make our lives really easy. Um, because as you know coming in from the partner side a lot of times it's you start over at every customer and they may or may yeah. not have a process in place. So I've been absolutely spoiled by the last two years that the, the team we have and the way our solutions are structured and, and it's been really, really cool. It's been
0: some yeah. really cool stuff. Yeah. And you have to be careful because otherwise you might shoot yourself in the foot. So it's really good that you, you, absolutely. you have it under control.
1: Absolutely. Well, and we yeah. have to think of upgrades. We have to think about
0: um, yeah.
1: it's back to, you know, if you've worked in the partner world, I can upgrade it. I can write a little tool for migrations, but we yeah. have to treat every customer. Um, we have to plan for many releases ahead and how we, we make our conventions for our data model. And again, this is stuff I've been learning It's and I'm still learning. Every time I come in and look at this stuff, I feel like I'm learning something new, but we have to account for how we layer our solutions. Because one solution could be too large, and then you get into weird dependencies. Too many yep. solutions. Which one do you start with? And then you, you know, it's overkill. So it's been a really, it's a balancing act that our team has put together, and it's been, been pretty good. We've had very few issues that I'm aware of in terms of our rollout. Um, it's been yeah, pretty, nice. pretty good. To, you know, pretty good job they did whenever they when they started. You know, the initial initial rollout planning for the future.
0: Okay. So you said that you can buy this by buying a SKU for this. So how is it licensed? Is it per user per month or how do I pay for it?
1: I think it's changed to a site license now. Okay, I
0: believe it used to be
1: per user per month. And I think they did a site license change somewhat recently. Um, But yeah, standard, you know, uh, standard, uh, if you're going to buy office standard licensing process there, but I believe it was, middle of last year, they changed it to a site license. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just reach out to your, to your vendor and, and ask about it. But, um, you know, in terms of, of what's available and, and the, you know, minimum versus, uh, cause I think they had some like minimum number of users, all that fun stuff, which, that's another process that makes my head spin. You know, the whole yeah. licensing thing. I just defer to a, a bunch of different blog posts about it every time I need to learn. But yeah, it's standard stuff. You just, you go through a vendor just like you would for for um, a first party solution.
0: Okay. All right then. So where do I go for want to learn more about cloud for healthcare? Um, it's, uh, we have an
1: industry clouds website that talks about all of our solutions. So if you just go and hit Microsoft Cloud for Industry, I can. I'll share the URL with you, but um, mm-hmm. uh, it's the Microsoft. I'm sorry, Microsoft Industry Clouds is the website, and from there you can go and browse all of our different solutions. And from there, that's where you can get the cloud for healthcare. We've got a lot of uh, good learn content as well for you know how to deploy, how to configure, and then how to use it. Because as I mentioned, we we want to have a platform for what we do, and not just uh, install a solution and use it. We want to give you building blocks. Um, so we're, we're really expanding on that and, you know, the, the revamp and the learn material over the last couple of years has been fantastic. And we've been able to leverage that. So we're putting out learn content, we're putting an app in a day content, and that should all be part of the MS learn. So I think that merged too. it used to be MS docs and now it's all under MS learn, I believe.
0: So you have an app in the day for only healthcare as well
1: yeah the focus there is um, a lot of the integration components
0: um, Ah, because you have to
1: deploy a couple of moving parts and we're doing another iteration of it coming up soon i think it's in the works right now but Hmm. um, yeah they're doing that with a lot of the solutions a lot of the industry cloud solutions Um, for example for the sustainability there's a really extensive one that walks you through as a scenario because if you're not too familiar with the industry, it kind of you know gives you a scenario-based approach to it, not just here's how to you know flip a switch or two. We want you to understand the use cases and and personas that might go in and use this. So okay. we're we're building on that. One of the things we're doing as well that you know my team is working on, the, the team that I'm part of is working on, is trying to do more how-to's. So that's that's upcoming as well. We want to start putting out more um, kind of targeted like here's a scenario that might help you. And, you know, here's how to use our our building blocks to build a new solution. Um, We're working on different types of connectors, you know, for example, and that'll be coming out sometime probably in the fall that allows you to, you know, work in a standard Power platform uh, way and connecting to these external services we talked about. So we're trying to trying to build a lot around that. And, and that's, that's a work in progress, obviously, because you want to make sure that it's, it's well and well done and polished and, and really useful because we want to make sure that you understand how to use it, not just install it. And, 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 you know, we want you to build upon it, expand upon it and yeah. uh, get the most out of what you bought.
0: Because, because if customers aren't successful with it, they will just cancel it and go somewhere else. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, and we want to drive outcomes. I mean, honestly, yeah. we're we're hoping to help. Um, you know, it's
1: it's not about the technology. I heard this earlier. Somebody said it. It's we're trying to help you solve problems, right? And yeah. and it's it's a different mindset coming as an engineer, right? Always thinking about building stuff. Yeah. But so what's your problem? You're trying to solve, and that's what we're trying to give you the tools for. So we're really trying to help you understand what you got and how to use it. So the learn content is a great start to it. They did a really good job so far. The in a day content and even our just technical documentation, we're trying to make it easier um, because we, we definitely, you know, honestly, I think about it as, as a patient too. If you've got this software, hopefully you can help me get better, right? So you can be selfish about it. Think about it that way.
0: But I think Microsoft as a whole has improved a lot over the last, I would say, five years since Sachin Adela took over, uh, to be more focused on those kind of okay. Let's not just bill for billing's sake. Let's actually make sure that people use it and are successful with it. So I'm not sure if it's entirely him, but from my point of view, it looks like when he took over, things changed for the better from my point of view.
1: I agree. I agree. I think it's um, leading with empathy. You hear him talk about a lot. Yeah. And if you can lead with empathy, you can think about your customer and, and help them Um, like you said, not just get the new widget because it's neat, but how how do I help you do better at your job? How do I help you, you know, solve the problems at hand? Totally agree. But I think I think you're right. Maybe he was the leading the charge and a shift in mindset. But I think a lot of the people, and again, I'll I'll say it again. The team I work with has been fantastic. I've been I'm very fortunate that I (laughs) I came into the team that I that I'm I'm on because I think they they kind of live that too. I heard one of my teammates say he's like I want to be proud of what we do, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 that's, that's, yeah, I want to be proud when I look at this, I want to brag about it, you know, and, and that goes a long way. And, um and that was, I forget what we were talking about, but I'm like, that's a really good way to put it. I want to be proud of what I look at every day. Yeah. And, and I think that's a lot of people have adopted mentality. So it's been, I, again, I count myself pretty fortunate. I was talking about it recently coming up on two years, thinking back the timing that I got into the, <laughs> into the Microsoft I've Been working with them for years, but coming on board i've been pretty pretty fortunate so far with the work with people that that kind of live what you're talking about
0: nice do you have any public speaking scheduled
1: uh no no nothing coming up i i did a, a good bit when i was in the mvp side of things and i really enjoyed it so i'm glad to get to talk to you and and uh, sorry i missed heidi but um nothing coming up we did have an event this past weekend um that was organized by some local folks that went really well as a power platform camp for D- DC. Mm. And it was a lot of fun getting out and, and, you know, talking to people again. And because um, it's been a long time, but no, I don't have anything coming up. I, I uh, going to try to get back into it if I can because it's fun talking about stuff like this and, you know, helping educate people on what I'm doing, but it's also just fun to connect and, you know, share ideas and learn and all that. So hopefully, hopefully something over the next couple of months, but nothing planned right now.
0: Nice. Uh, who would you recommend as a future guest on this podcast? Oh, geez. I will not say the name, but I will give you somebody
1: you should talk to who all works right. for we Microsoft can send links. I'll send you some links. I don't want to give it away, but I think you would be a great, a great, uh, uh um, person to talk to on the, on the on your on your podcast okay thank you and i'll harass you. him offline i don't want to put him on the spot but i'll harass him offline <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that, that's okay yeah <laughs> Thank you know you know like for your participation in seeing rocks
1: no i appreciate having me and and uh um you know thanks for really good questions and thanks for listening to me talk and yeah. and uh you know showing a lot of interest in what we're doing i really appreciate it
0: yeah, and I've learned a lot about this industry solution here for for healthcare, so uh, I'm really excited about it. More to come. We'll keep you informed. Yeah, and thanks to your listening. You, don't forget you can subscribe to CM Rocks, and you can go to cmrocks.com and paste a comment. If you fi- find this interesting or have a question for Niamh Novak, we will be sure to send it to him so he gets better feedback and um, see you next time on CM rocks